Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. It's a Hockey Town edition of Flyers Daily. Enjoy this episode, everyone. And welcome to episode number eight of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. I am Jason Martinez. Flyers coming off a 3-0 win over the Detroit Red Wings. Another shutout for Brian Elliott. Two shutouts in his last three games. He shut out the Pittsburgh Penguins heading into the All-Star break bye week. 3-0 uh, on that night. I believe he had 19 or 20 saves uh, tonight. Uh, 16 saves. Now, that number is not very big, but that is uh, he did make some big saves in this game. Not that the opponent was the most fierce opponent in the NHL, but the good news is this, and this is the takeaway for me for tonight. I got a couple of them, but the first takeaway for me is that the Flyers had a couple of big wins, had a huge win on Saturday night over the Colorado Avalanche 6-3. to Now, this is a game that in past seasons, and maybe for that matter, even I mean, maybe even earlier this season, they would have blown up and gave away. Kind of like that Montreal game on that Thursday night a while back after they kind of straightened things out after their trip, their road trip. Um, and they came back and they and they won a couple of big games, beat Washington on that first game back home after the trip. So this is one of those games that they would lose and, would, and it would, in essence, make that win over Colorado in this instance kind of all for naught. Because you get a big win over Colorado, it's two points that maybe you didn't expect to get, even though it was at home. But you come back, and if you lose this game to Detroit, it's like, well, geez, we're no further ahead than we would have been. Same thing kind of happened before when they came back from that trip. They beat Washington, then they lost to Tampa Bay. They beat Boston in a come-from-behind fashion in the shootout when Brad Marchand muffed the uh, shootout attempt. They beat St. Louis on the road, and then they came back the next night, and they lost to Montreal. It was deflating, and those are those spots in the schedule that deflate. Well, since then, since that loss to Montreal on that Thursday night, they beat the Kings, straightened things out. They beat the Penguins, as I just alluded to before the All-Star break, 3 to nothing. Then they went to Pittsburgh, came back from a two-goal deficit, got it to overtime, got a point, but lost in overtime, so picked up a point. And then they come back, they beat Colorado on Saturday night, a very good team, 6-3. to And then they go into Detroit tonight, and I've talked about this on previous episodes. Detroit is horrible. They just flat-out suck. So you need to go in there, and you need to just win the hockey game, blow their doors off, ne- never make them feel like they have a chance in the game. And that's pretty much what the Flyers did. Now, it took a little while. They didn't get their first goal until the, in the second period from Scott Lawton, who, by the way, Scott Lawton, goals in three straight games, first time in his career. And I've talked about depth scoring. We talked about it in the last episode. When you're getting depth scoring from guys like Scott Lawton, that is enormous, and they get it again tonight. It turns out to be the game winner for the Flyers, and they'll take it. The other player that I want to point out, too, is Kevin Hayes, who once again tonight was fantastic. And one of these days, and maybe it's even this week, I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to Kevin Hayes. Fratty, as I call him. He's like a frat party with two legs. Um, you always know when he's in the room. He's just so boisterous. Um, but once again tonight, great stick on the penalty kill forces that turnover and so many times the reason why you see so many breakaways for shorthanded goals is because 
the team on the power play, everything is pushing forward. So if something happens and a puck is deflected or a block shot comes off the shin pads, that player is going the other way. And because everybody on the power play is facing forward, skates up the ice, skates pointing up the ice, it's impossible for that guy to track uh, the guy on the breakaway down from behind. And Kevin Hayes looks like he's got pretty good speed too. But that being said, once that player breaks free, that's why you get all those power play or shorthanded goals. And Kevin Hayes now has four shorties on the season. And once again, he just buries it by Bernier. It gives the Flyers a two-goal lead. It was a huge goal in this game. And then eventually they go on to win the game 3 to nothing with an empty net goal. The full 200 feet from Matt Niskanen and Brian Elliott gets the, sh- uh, the shutout for the Flyers. So they get a win. It's a huge win. It's two points. And we're going to hear from Brian Elliott, by the way, too. Tim Saunders and Steve Coates talked to Brian Elliott uh, after the game in the post-game show. So we'll hear from Brian Elliott coming up in a couple of minutes. Um, but what does the, min- the win mean for the standings? So let me give that to you real quick. Before we get to that, I want to bring up that the, the top 10 teams in the NHL overall, both conferences, the whole NHL, the top 10 teams, seven of them come from the Eastern Conference. So here's the top 10. The Capitals was 75 points. Boston was 74. Pittsburgh, all three of those teams, Eastern Conference, two of them from the Metro. Um, The fourth place team is St. Louis Blues. Fifth, Tampa Bay, another Eastern Conference team, Atlantic Division. Um, Sixth place team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then the Vancouver Canucks. Then the Flyers at eight. The New York Islanders at nine. And the Dallas Stars at 10. So you've got a lot of the Eastern Conferences absolutely stacked. The playoffs are going to be a war. Then outside the top 10, you've got a couple teams too. I mean, you have the Florida Panthers at 11, the Hurricanes at 12, and the Maple Leafs at 13. Then you have Colorado. But the Eastern Conference is absolutely stacked. But let's get to the effect of this game tonight. Now, there was a couple games tonight in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Panthers got a win over Toronto. What a huge game that was, by the way. The Panthers go into Toronto and get a 5-3 win when those two teams are battling out for the number three spot in the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. The Dallas Stars go into uh, the Garden and beat the Rangers 5-3. to And then the Flyers, the other game, 3 nothing winners tonight in Detroit. But... What is the effect on the Flyers win? What is the effect on the Toronto losing and Florida winning? Florida was out of the playoff picture coming into today. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs were the third spot in the Atlantic Division. Well, they've swapped spots now because with the win, Florida goes to 63 points and the Toronto Maple Leafs go to the 10 seed right now in the Eastern Conference with 63 points. Now, they have the same amount of points, but Florida holds the tiebreaker right now. Uh, in that situation, they've played 51 games. They've also got uh, two games in hand on Toronto. Oh, so the Flyers, they were on the outside looking in when this day started. Now they jump up not only from out of the playoffs, but to wild card number one and are actually tied in points with the third spot in the Metropolitan Division. That's the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Flyers, but the Columbus Blue Jackets are the three spot with 65 points. The Flyers are wild card number one with 65. Wild card number two now is the team that was in the top three um, for all season until now, and that is the New York Islanders. And if you recall a couple episodes back, one of the teams that I said I felt could fall out of the playoff picture and be replaced by either Toronto, the Flyers, or Florida was the New York Islanders. There's some things about their game I don't like right now. I don't like that they blew a 4-1 lead and – 
ended up losing a game 6-4 to four to the Washington Capitals at home. Barry Trotz teams don't do that. That was a third-period lead, by the way, and the Caps just blew them away in the third with five third-period goals. Um, they also benched Matt Barzell for the third period in the game right before the break. So things going on on the island that I don't like right now, a couple of telltale signs for me that they're not right at this time. Can they get it right? Yeah, there's still time. But I don't like where they are right now. I think that's the team that could fall out, and they are sinking like a lead balloon right now. 4-3-3 three, and three in their last 10, and the Islanders right now in wild card number two. Now on the outside looking in, a team that's been in the playoff picture pretty much all year, Carolina. Now they are the eight seed or the nine seed, excuse me, in the Eastern Conference, and Toronto is the ten seed. Um, Carolina has played one less game than the Flyers, so they have one in hand, but they're two points back. So the Flyers have the game that the Flyers have extra that they don't is a win. So right now the Flyers wild card number one. Great situation that they're in right now, and you got New Jersey coming up on Thursday. Another game where they got look, it's an inferior opponent. You got to go in and kick the crap out of them. You got to kick the crap out of the Devils. I don't care that they're in your division. None of that matters at this time with how tight things are here in the Eastern Conference. We're going to get to some Twitter questions coming up um, from everybody that uh, posted on my uh, on my timeline. We'll get to those. But first, let's hear from the goaltender who's got two shutouts in his last three games. How about that? Brian Elliott joined Tim Saunders and Steve Coates after the win in Detroit. Wasn't the prettiest game, but on the road, it doesn't have to be pretty. You guys found a way to get it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we knew what kind of game it was going to be. Um, you know, they're a good team that works hard. Uh, you know, I don't think they've been scoring as of late. And I think, uh, you know, we just wanted to stay structured, not really let them, uh, you know, produce anything. And uh, we did a great job, I think. Um, you know, just those ugly goals and then Hazy with the uh, high to stick and uh, go on a breakaway and uh, put us ahead by two. You know, we always say up here about how tough it is for a goaltender to pick up the backhand. I think you had about three 10-bell opportunities on you with the backhand tonight. I- I've never seen anything, and they were all in a row, it seemed. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, they kind of got handcuffed in the slot, turned around, and just uh, took those backhands. Uh, you don't really want them, but, uh, you know, once, uh, once they're in your glove or in your pads, uh, you appreciate it. Brian, we talked the other night about this identity, kind of a defensive identity that the Flyers seem to be settling into. How would you describe the identity of this club when you guys are playing the way you want to? Yeah, I think it's just supporting each other, uh, you know, all around the ice, uh, whether it's in our zone or in the offensive zone, just uh, allowing us to be fresh and getting good line changes. It's smart with the puck, and, um, you know, I think you see that all over the ice, and then it comes down to blocking shots, taking away lanes, and we did that a lot tonight. You know, I think it's eight of your last ten wins have come on the road. Why, uh, at times, the team has struggled on the road. Why have you had so much success away from Philadelphia? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, year to year differs. And, um, you know, you want success everywhere you go. But, uh, you know, I I like playing on the road. I like the the challenge. I like going in other buildings and, you know, feeling that pressure. And, um, you know, tonight was no different. Uh, You know, it's, it's fun playing in this new barn. And, you know, it looks like the old Joe Lewis uh, when you look up at the stands. And, um, you know, it's a, a pleasure to play here. Well, he was stellar tonight. 16 saves for his 40th career shutout. Moose, thanks for doing this. Congrats on the win, and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. All right, there is uh, Flyers goaltender Brian Elliott, a 3 nothing shutout win over the Detroit Red Wings, getting the job done. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times, about how he came into this year preparing for a season as opposed to coming into this year rehabilitating an injury 
I talked to Brian Elliott in training camp, and I just noticed in watching him at camp, in practices, in goalie drills, and then in the preseason, how precise his movements were, how he seemed a bit more under control. His arms weren't falling away from his body, creating holes. There's a six hole and a seven hole, um, which are under your your glove hand, in between your glove hand arm and your body, and in your block, in between your blocker arm and your body, and those just seemed tighter to his body. And his movements were much more crisp and precise than I'd seen him in the last year and a half or so, probably before that abdominal injury a couple of years ago. And just watching the way he was playing, the way he was tracking pucks. So I asked him, I said, you know, like, what's the difference for you? What did you change? And he just, and all he cited to me was, hey, I had the ability this summer to train for the season not break down scar tissue, not come back from an injury, and that makes all the difference in the world, and it has. Since Carter Hart's been hurt, um, this is a stat is compliments of Jordan Hall at NBC Sports Philly. Great stuff that, that he puts out as well. And um, since Carter Hart went down, Brian Elliott is 4-0-1 with a 1.58 goals against average, and he's been huge for the Flyers. Two shutouts in there. Couple that with the the fact that you got a huge win with Bryant or with uh, Alex Lyon goal against the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday, and Lyon played very well in that game. Flyers goaltending has not been an issue at all here, and helping lead the way to put them back into the playoff mix. So great stuff from Brian Elliott tonight. Great stuff from Brian Elliott of late. He was a I was a huge fan of that signing. I stumped for it, and I stumped for it for the reason that you need a veteran backup goaltender that can still play at the level of a number one goaltender in this league. Brian Elliott's that guy, by the way. I didn't love the idea of Cam Talbot. I didn't think that he could play as high as the same level as Brian Elliott. I don't think he ever has played as high as that level as Brian Elliott, except for maybe when he was in New York or his first year after he left the Rangers. Um, but other than that, Brian Elliott is a much more high-pedigree goaltender. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. Lynch Mob tweets in. Um, I probably should have pre-read these again, but I didn't because that's what I do. Uh, anyway, he says, how can we get Pitlick to re-sign for another season? What money do you think it would take for a one- to two-year contract? Um, I like Pitlick a lot, too. It, he works his ass off on the ice every shift he is just flying um he is in the last year of a three-year deal um with a cap hit of one million dollars that's his aav um i mean you could bring him back you may have to beef it up a little bit maybe to one four uh on a, you go to like two eight on a two-year contract and you could bring Pitlick back and he's a guy that i absolutely that i like in my bottom six he had a great save tonight too by the way brian elliott got a little out of whack in his net so yeah, I would like to bring Pitlick back. That's a good. That's a good eye. I think he's a guy that really works hard. A little bit of an underrated, under the radar signing, or trade rather, um, uh, by uh, Chuck Fletcher this offseason with Pitlick. Um, Dan Marcus tweets and he says, "Why don't they run one timers on the power play? The current setup isn't generating enough quality chances. So why don't they change it up? Put G in the OV stammer spot." Um, yeah, well, here preaching to the choir here. I got a couple of questions about this. Um, the power play was having a lot of success earlier. They've changed it a lot because it hit a slump, and they're going with two net front guys. They've gone with uh, you know having JVR on the ice with Couturier and different combinations and Konechny and Sanheim and Provorov and Gostisbehere have been the high point man. I think they just need to simplify it again, and I think we all agree that we want to rule on that left half wall because it does a couple of things. Number one, it allows for exactly what Dan tweeted about that one-time 
bomb from that spot. Now, Giroux's not the shooter that Stamkos or Ovechkin are, is obviously. But that being said, you, you have at least that weapon in your arsenal to have that one-timer as a right-hand shot. He can take it from there. If he's on the right-hand side, that takes that shot away. And they haven't found any substitute for when Giroux's not on the left side to provide that one-time shot. That's number one. Number two, Giroux's vision on the left side, on the half wall, is totally opened up to the ice, and that's how you can take advantage of his playmaking ability. So we'll see if they do that. I'm not sure if they will, but uh, we I think we're all in agreement that that's what the fans want to see. What does that mean? I have no idea. Um, Yam Cork. Not Cam York, but Yam Cork says, great work so far in the new pod. Thank you. Uh, where do you think the Flyers finish in the standings? Who would you want to match up against in the playoffs? Wow, what a question. Uh, first of all, I have no idea where they're going to finish in the standings. I have no idea who's going to be able to sustain with all the pressure of every game meaning so much. I don't know that Columbus can sustain. Uh, they've been absolutely unbelievable. Elvis Merzlikens has been out of his mind, unconscious in net for Columbus. I don't think they have the talent to sustain and finish in the top three. Maybe they can finish wild card number two. I still wouldn't be surprised if Columbus fell out completely. Um, so I, I, I don't know where they're going to finish. And as far as who do I want to match up against in the playoffs, that's a really difficult question too. Because if you finish with, say, or now, you finish wild card two, you jump over to the Atlantic and you get the Boston Bruins. Do you want the Bruins? I don't want the Bruins. I don't want David Pasternak. I don't want Patrice Bergeron. They're a legit cup contender. Okay, so say you're wild card number one, uh, and yet or wild card wild card number two actually would get the Washington Capitals. Wild card number one would get Boston. Do I want the Caps? Hell no. I don't want the Caps. I mean, there's some of the. Do I want the Penguins? If you finish in the third spot, I would probably take my run with the Penguins and hope that the rivalry can even that um, talent playing field. I think they can beat the Penguins. So I, I would probably say finishing the third spot, Penguins in the two spot, Pens will have home ice advantage, and the Flyers will have to battle it out with the Pittsburgh Penguins. If I got to give an answer, that would be it. But I mean, if you're asking who I want to play, give me the Detroit Red Wings. They they absolutely blow, so we'll take the Detroit Red Wings. Um, let's go to the next one here. All right, Jam to Jam at Philly Lafleur tweets in and says, do you believe the Flyers can consistently play good team defense over the final 29 games? This aspect of their game seems to dictate overall level of play and is necessary with no margin for error in the Eastern Conference standings. I, I do believe that um, because we've seen it and we've seen that grow more and more. They held the Penguins before the break to t- under 20 shots. They held the Penguins coming back from the break to under 20 shots. They held Colorado to a reasonable number as well. And then they held... Detroit stinks, but they did hold them to 16 shots tonight. So they do a tremendous job at shot suppression and not allowing second-chance opportunities. So, yes, I do believe that the D um, has been good. Um, Let's go to AJ says, Jeff Carter coming back. Uh, I don't believe so. I don't think he can fit his money. I don't think he can dump enough money to fit his money. Um, Micro says, do you think the torch has been passed from Wayne Gretzky to Kevin Hayes? Absolutely, I do. Um, then Rick says, is Kevin Hayes the co-MVP of this team? Love the pods. Love you too, Rick. Um, that's a good question if he's the co-MVP. To me, the MVP of this team is Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny if I'm going co. But mm, the case can be made for Kevin Hayes considering the improved penalty kill, number one, and number two. The shorthanded goals. The guy's got four shorties. It's tremendous. Um, Mike Deej tweets in and says, do you see a regular being traded off the roster in order to add another player 
before the deadline. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I think that if the Flyers were going to trade a regular, whether you're alluding to a Voracek, a Van Riemsdyk, or Gostas Bear, I think those trades are more likely to happen at the draft or in the offseason as a quote-unquote hockey trade. Um, Christopher Core tweets in. He says, my biggest question right now is, are the Flyers better with Elliott versus Hart? To me, it's not an either-or situation. To me, they're better when they have Elliott and Hart. So I'm not going there. There's no goalie uh, controversy or anything like that. You need two goalies, especially when one of them is 21 years old and the other one is 34. You can't ride either of them too hard because if you do, you'll ride both of them into the ground in some way, shape, or form. Um, PSL tweets in and says, I'm ready for playoff hockey, brother. What's a real, reason, realistic expectation for this team? Get in and maybe a first-round win? Well, the Flyers are the eighth-ranked team in all of the NHL right now. So much of it depends. This is such a hard question. and I think I get asked it every episode. It's impossible to answer because I don't know their health going into the playoffs. I don't know how they're going to be playing going into the playoffs. I don't know how the goaltending is going to be going into the playoffs. And I don't know all of those same questions for their opponent. I don't know how to answer that. Sorry. But nonetheless, everybody, thanks for listening to Episode 8 of Flyers Daily. You'll get another one tomorrow. If you didn't like this one, you get a new one tomorrow. If you don't like that one, well, kiss my rear end. Everybody, enjoy your hot Sitting on an angry chair, angry